0: The draft is just a couple weeks away, today I'm going to put together my big board, the players I think are most likely to be taken by the Steelers at pick number 24. Alright, so today I'm going to give you my big board, the players I believe are most likely to be selected when the Steelers are on the clock at pick number 24. How did I get this list? Well, I want to give some credit here to Alex Kazora of Steelers Depot because he's done a lot of research here, a lot of good reporting on the correlation between the pro days that Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert attend and the players that the Steelers have selected in the first round. Going back all the way to Ziggy Hood, since then, every single player the Steelers have selected in the first round was a player that either Mike Tomlin or Kevin Colbert were in attendance at their pro day. So... When we're building a, a list of players that are that could be selected by the Steelers in the first round, you should narrow that list down to players that e- where either Mike Tomlin or Kevin Colbert were in attendance at the pro day. And it makes sense, right? The Steelers, they want to see these guys in person, right? They want to speak to them in person, get to know them, get to know their coaching staff, their teammates, right? The families, all that's important because who the player is off the field is just as important to the Steelers as who that player is on the field, and there's nothing like meeting a, per, a player in person. Of course, it's, it's weird this year with all the COVID restrictions, but I think this this is still going to stand this year. When we put together this list and you see the players I've compiled, I think there's still going to be a very strong correlation between the pro days that Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert went to and who the Steelers select at pick number 24. So with that in mind, here are the nine schools the steel that, that, that Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert attended in the pro day circuit. All right, let's start with the Clemson Tigers here now. You might be looking at this list immediately and saying, Hold on a second, Tony. Jackson Carmen, Amari Rodgers, these are not prospects the Steelers should be looking at in round number one. I will agree with you on that. The reason why they're on this list, and you're, you're going to see a lot of players like that on this list. What I did when I compiled this is I took players who are just generally considered to be around the top 100 in this draft. Call it the Terrell Edmonds effect. Right? A couple years back, the Steelers took safety Terrell Edmonds in round number one, a big shock to a lot of the draft community. A lot of the draft community had Terrell Edmonds pegged as more of a, of a third-round type safety in that draft. The Steelers valued him far more highly and ended up taking him in round number one. Could that happen again this season? It's unlikely to me because I think that the players that are, are widely considered to be day-one prospects are also fit what the Steelers are looking for at certain positions, but wanted to cross some my T's, dot my I's here. So I put guys like Jackson Carmen and Mari Rodgers on the list, even though I think, yes, those are probably players who we will not see their name called until day two, maybe even with Jackson Carmen early on day three. But the player we need to talk about on this list at Clemson's Pro Day, Travis Etienne the running back there, doesn't necessarily fit what the Steelers have traditionally looked for at the running back role, right? And certainly not the kind of bell cow that the Steelers usually look for. Etienne probably more of a 10 to 15 uh, runs, rushes a game type of player. A a real speedster, great burst. He can rip off big runs. We saw that from him. The questions for him, again, you know, do you really want him as an every down, Type of back? How you know? What system do you want him playing in? You don't really want him between the tackles. You probably want him uh, more on the outside. Did improve himself as a receiver out of the backfield this season, but still some questions for him in pass protection. One thing I'll say is this about Etienne: if the Steelers do take Etienne. At 24, it will signal a real shift in offensive philosophy with this new Matt Canada offense coming in. I think in years past, Etienne, just not the kind of prospect the Steelers have looked for at running back. Going over to Alabama now, a ton of prospects for the Steelers to look at here. And we talk about Clemson, we talk about Alabama. It's no surprise that Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert were in attendance for either of these pro days. They pretty much go every year and for good reason, right? Clemson, Alabama, two of the best schools right now at developing NFL prospects. And certainly you look at this list at Alabama, at guys who just could be considered first-round talent. Boy, what a list. The, the names to, to to pay attention to here, cornerback Patrick Sertan Jr., NFL bloodline. We know the Steelers like that. A polished cover corner, probably the best corner in this draft class. The only worry for him is long speed, and the only worry if you're a Steeler fan He's not going to be there when the Steelers pick at 24. Likely, if the Steelers want a Sertan Jr., they'll have to move up in the draft. And I don't think corner position is a position right now, even though it is a need for this team, not one that the Steelers need to move up to get in this draft. Najee Harris, the other the other name here, I mean, he is the guy, right? Every time you see a mock draft, the majority of the time, it's Najee Harris to the Steelers. And I think they're Right. This, this, Najee Harris fits everything the Steelers look for in a running back. He can be an every down type of guy, the bell cow type, type runner. He's a very polished runner, good in pass protection. The best running back in this class out of the backfield as a receiver, checks every box for the Steelers. Now he's not explosive, not going to be a game breaker like Travis Etienne, could be, but he's going to be a solid force at the running back position uh, for the next couple years, and I think that's what the Steelers have looked for in the past and probably are looking for again out of this draft class. Don't be surprised if Najee Harris is the guy at 24. Another big name, though, here on the Alabama list, Landon Dickerson, the center. Yes, there are injury concerns there Torres ACL in the SEC championship game, but if you're looking for the best center, you look no further than Landon Dickerson, the best center on film than anyone in the draft. I mean, this, this guy... Uh, This guy's tremendous, and we talk about adding physicality to that offensive line, and certainly Adrian Clem, the Steelers' new offensive line coach, has talked about that. Landon Dickerson is a very physical presence on the interior. Another guy here, Alex Leatherwood. Questions about whether or not he can play tackle might be more of a guard, but he is thought of as kind of this late first round, early second round type of player. If The Steelers are looking to upgrade on the offensive line. Alex Leatherwood could be an option. Deontay Brown, while he's a big body He's probably more of a day two or even day three guy. I would be surprised to see the Steelers call his name this early on in the draft. Moving on here to Ohio State. Ohio State is another big name school. A lot of prospects here. Although the only prospect on this list that I realistically see the Steelers taking in the first round is Justin Fields. And he's likely to be gone in the top ten. Now the reason why we put him on this list, of course, you saw that Mike Tomlin video. A couple days back, Ohio State releasing the uh, the video of Justin Fields' Pro Day. Mike Tomlin in that video telling Justin Fields, you know who we're here to see. And, uh, you know, look, probably that's Mike Tomlin just kind of gassing up Justin Fields. But, but, hey, interesting thing for him to say. Certainly the quarterback position of the future for the Steelers still up in the air. The Steelers do not have a quarterback on the roster right now under contract for the 2022 season. So could they move up? If if Justin Fields really does start to slide down the draft and he gets into the teens, could the Steelers move up 9 or 10 spots to get him? Maybe. I find it very unrealistic, but I guess we should consider it. Wyatt Davis, Josh Myers, probably more day two prospects, but certainly good offensive lineman there. Baron Browning, an athletic linebacker that I like a lot. We're going to talk about some linebackers today. Browning, again, maybe not a first round type prospect, but I like his game. Again, very athletic. Running back Trey Sermon, probably the best of the Tier 2 running backs in this draft, especially when you look at what the Steelers value out of the position. Very good contact balance. Some injury concerns for Trey Sermon. Some concerns for him in the passing game, just his usage in college in the passing game. But if the Steelers don't get their running back in Round 1, they don't get that Najee Harris, maybe they can try again in Round 2 or Round 3, and certainly a Trey Sermon would fit the bill. Going over to Michigan, uh, Quidi Pei, the edge rusher, either the best or second best edge rusher in this class, depending on who you talk to, but like all the best edge rushers in this class, they don't have much of a refined pass rushing technique. This is a very raw group, a very toolsy group, and that's what you're getting. You're getting great athletes, but when you talk about their ability to, to be a refined pass rusher, well, that's just not it just uh, just yet with these players, but Quitty Pay, an intriguing prospect. Uh, and then Jalen Mayfield, the offensive lineman, I put him on this list because he was once thought of as a top uh, offensive lineman prospect. Really poor athletic testing from him has him falling down draft boards. I, I just I can't see him being on the Steelers' radar anymore, especially with the 24th overall selection at Notre Dame. The Steelers got a good look at Jeremiah owusu koromoa an explosive playmaker who's just so scheme versatile. I mean, he played so much in the slot last year. At Notre Dame, it gets you watch the tape, it gets your mind spinning about all the different ways you could use him defensively. He really is this year's Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker slash safety from Clemson from a year ago. I mean, Ousu Coromoa, I listed him here as a linebacker, but he's not just a linebacker. I mean, this guy could play safety, he could play nickel, he's kind of a chess piece on defense, and someone that certainly Mike Tomlin, you think about what he values out of the position flexibility of his defensive players. Owosu Koromoa alongside Devin Bush, alongside TJ Watt, alongside Minka Fitzpatrick, boy, I mean it, it you know it extends the life of this defense. Yeah, another huge playmaker like that in the middle of this defense, you start thinking about that defense for the next five, even ten years to come. Tight end Tr- Tommy Tremble. Look, I understand Tremble is probably more of a day two player, but he's and he's just a blocking tight end right now, but he's got an intriguing athletic profile. Could he develop enough route running, enough pass, pass catching to be an elite player? Perhaps, and it makes him an interesting player, though I don't think it makes him a round one type player. If the Steelers did take him there, it would be a reach, as it would to take guard Aaron Banks. Going over to Penn State now, another linebacker prospect, very intriguing, Micah Parsons, a special player when it comes to size and speed. You look at his 6'3 frame and the fact that he ran a four. 40-yard dash, absolutely tremendous. And the tape shows every bit the athlete that he is an absolute game-wrecker at the position. The concerns here for for Parsons, didn't play at all in 2020. Kevin Colbert has talked about in the past a hesitancy to want to take that kind of player, a player who did not uh, have put out any tape in 2020. And then there are some off-the-field concerns, the hazing scandal there at Penn State. Micah Parsons perhaps involved in that. But remember, we talk about Tomlin and Colbert wanting to go to these pro days to get more information about that. Again, find out who that person is. Was that just a one-time mistake by Micah Parsons? Certainly Tomlin and Colbert there at Penn State to find out. They also got a look at Jason Oway, the edge rusher. Everything you want from an athletic profile. I mean, this kid is tremendous just as an athlete, but... So raw. I mean, we talk about, and, and he really is the extreme example. If you were going to kind of poster child this edge class, Jason Owe is that guy. An extreme athlete, but as a pass rusher, boy, you are pretty much starting from scratch. And then I put on here Pat Friermuth, another tight end. Should not be a first-round type player. A big, he's like a big, big body tight end, 6'5". Pat Friermuth was a big part of the Penn State passing offense. But his athletic profile is lacking, and you watch him on tape, and you just go, "I don't know that his game and his the athletic profile there is really going to translate to being a big time pass catching tight end at the NFL level." Going over to Georgia now, edge rusher Aziz Ojulari, uh, the only rusher in this class, I think, with a with a a really refined pass rushing set. I like his get off, I like his bend. The only issue I have with Ojulari, I just don't know that the Steelers are going to value edge. This highly in the draft now. Certainly, we've t- already talked about Quiddy Pay. They saw him. We talked about Jason Owe. I mean, they got a good look at him. They got Ojalari as well. Maybe the Steelers want to take an edge rusher more than we think, but I think it's more likely when you look at the other schools they've been to. You look at uh, Michigan, and there are some guys who are probably more day two, day three type players. A uh, Cameron McGrone at linebacker that they're looking for at that uh, at that school. You look at at Penn State. I think they were much likelier getting a, a chance to look at Fryermith. And Micah Parsons in in, uh, in person. And then here at Georgia, look, Ojalari is very good as an edge rusher. But I think the real look here was the Steelers wanted to get looks at both Eric Stokes and Tyson Campbell. Georgia is just developing these corners every year. And this year, they got two very good ones. Eric Stokes has the athletic profile the Steelers look for from previous first-round defenders. All right, this is a six-foot corner. We're in a 4-3-440. He's a blazer. You see it on film. No one's running by Eric Stokes. He's gonna keep up with everybody. He got great had great productivity there. The only question mark with Stokes, change of direction, fluidity. Right? Is he a is he a straight line speed guy? Uh, or is he a more fluid athlete? I think on tape, you see a very straight-line guy. You don't see much of a fluid athlete, and could that hurt him? At the next level. That's why he's considered more of a day two type player. But if the Steelers were going to reach that corner in round one, I would not be surprised to see Eric Stokes be that guy, considering the athletic profile. Another guy here, Tyson Campbell, just as athletic as Stokes. 6'1, 4'3'7 in his 40. And what I like about Campbell, extremely fluid in his movement. I mean, he's in the hip pocket consistently of any wide receiver he's faced, and he was probably the best at covering Devonta Smith the wide receiver out of Alabama this season. The big struggle for Campbell on film, struggles with the ball in the air. A Real disappointment for him. If he can do better by getting his head around and playing the ball when it's in the air, he can be a real shutdown corner at the next level. And another guy, I'm not going to be surprised, at 24. Yes, Tyson Campbell is considered to be a second-round prospect, but I'm not going to be shocked if Tyson Campbell is the player called when the Steelers are on the clock at pick number 24. And then finally here, Florida State, another cornerback is Asante Samuel Jr. You know, we know the, the Steelers value that NFL bloodlines, and Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, it certainly has that. And he's a feisty physical corner. Again, the kind of corner the Steelers like, right? Someone who's not afraid to get their nose in there in the run game. And certainly, you know, again, he's, he's kind of a no-nonsense type corner when it comes to physicality on the outside as well. Now, he's a versatile player. I think he can play both outside and inside. There are size concerns with him. Just 5'10", and that's going to be the real concern there, is can he be a 5'10 corner on the outside? But when you look at what the Steelers right now need at cornerback, specifically for the 2021 season, well, they have a big hole left by Mike Hilton. Asante Samuel, if they were to take him in this draft, could fit in right away in that nickel corner spot. And then the final one I did not talk about, uh, Auburn doesn't really have a lot of prospects that I would consider to be anywhere close to a first-round prospect. Wide receiver, Anthony Schwartz. Wide receiver, Seth Williams and linebacker, K.J. Britt. Look, these are prospects who are likely to be day three guys. I just can't consider that either Steelers would reach that far in the first round. So let's put all these names together. Let's put together a first-round big board. Got rid of all the guys. Look, I got rid of a lot of the guys here that I think a lot of people think shouldn't have been on this list. Whatsoever. So here are the names that I think are realistic for the Steelers at pick number 24. Of course, the two running backs, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne. The two quarterbacks, Mac Jones, Justin Fields. There's a the three offensive linemen here I think are realistic. Liam Eichenberg, the only true tackle that Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert saw in person. Landon Dickerson, the center is the best center in this draft, and and certainly uh, you you saw Tomlin and Colbert get a good look at him in that pro day, although he is coming back from an ACL tear. Leatherwood, the offensive lineman out of Alabama, can play probably, sure thing at guard, the question is, can he play tackle? You got four cornerbacks here, Asante Samuel Jr., Patrick Sertan Jr., two guys with NFL bloodlines, we know the Steelers value that. And then you got Stokes and Campbell, as I talked about, intriguing prospect there, out of Georgia. Couple couple linebackers here, Micah Parsons, Owosu, Kormoa, out of Notre Dame, I think you're putting either of those guys next to Devin Bush, and boy, you are set at the linebacker position for many years to come. And then three edge rushers, Quidi Pei, Jason Owe, Aziz Ojulari. Now, as I look at this list, there are five players here who I think maybe don't fit on the list exactly, and those are Mac Jones and Justin Fields, the quarterbacks, and the three edge rushers there. Look, I think we all know, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, it's very unlikely that either of those guys falls into the range where even the Steelers could move up in the draft. And then you look at those edge rushers, and while yes, each of them is interesting in their own way, the Steelers already have TJ Watt. They drafted Alex Highsmith in the third round last year. I know they need an edge rusher, but they probably need a more depth player at edge who can play special teams to start, then work his way in. And while yes, these edge rushers are, do fit that in that they are more athletes and need to refine their game, I don't know that the first round is where we're going to see the Steelers go in the edge rush position. So let's let's narrow it down. Here it is: the actual ber- big board. My first round big board is this: eleven players, and I think the Steelers' first round selection will come from one of these eleven players: Micah Parsons, Patrick Sertan Jr., Jeremiah owusu koromoa Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Liam Eikenberg, Landon Dickerson, Alex Leatherwood, Asante Samuel Jr., Eric Stokes, Tyson Campbell. That's the list. Again, players that Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert saw in person who fit the profile of someone the Steelers are likely to take in round one. I think it's going to come from one of these 11 players. And yes, it does seem pretty obvious that Najee Harris, if he's available, will be that guy. I mean, the running again, the the profile of Najee Harris mixed with the extreme need the Steelers have, and really the extreme desire the Steelers have to fix the running game makes Najee Harris such an interesting prospect for the Steelers. Um, But, Let's let's imagine a world, we look at this list now, let's imagine a world where Najee Harris is not available at 24. Let's say the Miami Dolphins do scoop him up at 18. They're they're the other team that's really considered to be in the Najee Harris sweepstakes uh, before the 24th overall pick. Where do the Steelers go in that case? Well, obviously, Travis Etienne would be the other running back there who's considered to be a first-round prospect. Uh, But, you know, again, I'm not sure that that his profile and what he brings to the running game is really what the Steelers are looking for. Now, maybe Matt Canada is going to switch things up, go more outside zone, and going to go more running back by committee where a guy like Etienne can contribute as a real playmaker at times, but not be required to be a real bell cow at the position. That's quite possible. But if they don't go there, well, then the door starts to open up a little bit. And you look at guys like Micah Parsons and Wosu Kormoa at linebacker and putting them next to... A Devin Bush and how intriguing that would be, as I said, for the next five to ten years. Uh look, both those guys may go off the board before the Steelers pick, but if they are available at 24, boy, I think those guys would make for interesting prospects. Sertan's gonna be off the board. The other prospect here we should talk about, if Harris is not there, Landon Dickerson, the center, would not be shocked to see his name called at 24. We've you know we've talked about Adrian Clem wanting to make this offensive line more physical. I mean Landon Dickerson, the best center and such a physical player out there. Uh, you know he's he's a Mauler type. Uh, he's got the kind of mentality you look for out of a out of a physical offensive lineman. If you want you want to make your offensive line more physical, you you take Landon Dickerson, you start at the center position, and you work outside from there. If the Steelers want to go with corner, boy, I could I could make strong cases. For all three of these players asante samuel jr bloodline stuff right and, and, and then again the inside outside flexibility of that player but stokes and campbell with those athletic profiles uh, i probably like campbell a little more than stokes but i could easily see either of those players names being called in uh, the first round and then finally here let's go over some players who the Steelers are likely not to take in the first round all right? so some notable prospects here that I think it is a little surprising that the Steelers did not, or, or excuse me, Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert did not get close looks at, at their pro day. Starting off the top here, Javonta Williams, the third running back in this class, right? we talk about the tier one of running back, Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Javonta Williams, those are the guys, right? And it's, you, you, you're very rarely going to find a draft expert who's going to put someone above any of those three players, right? I think it's a pretty clear tier 1. But but Tomlin and Colbert only got a close look at Etienne and Harris. Do they not consider Javonta Williams to be in that tier 1? And certainly if history is going to be our guide here, Javonta Williams will not be the pick at 24 if Najee Harris is gone and the Steelers don't value Etienne because uh because of his his profile. Well, then the Steelers are going to wait to take a running back until round 2 or potentially even longer in this draft because Javonta Williams again as I said just not, you know, the, the Steelers Clearly, with Tomlin and Colbert not attending the Pro Day, maybe don't value him as highly as they do other runners in this draft. At cornerback, there's some a lot, lot of big names here the Steelers didn't get a look at. All right, So Caleb Farley, J.C. Horn, these are two first-round corners. Greg Newsome is another name you can add to this list as players that Tomlin and Colbert did not get looks at at their Pro Day. Does that mean that perhaps cornerback is not going to be the pick? at 24, right, when you look at the idea that the Steelers and the cornerbacks that they got to look at, the Asante Samuels of the world, right, Uh, Tyson Campbell, Eric Stokes, these are thought of to be day two prospects, and maybe the Steelers feel like those are the kind of day two prospects that they want to get a look at, because those are far more likely that they'll take, than in the first round, they could have taken a Caleb Farley, JC Horn, right, the Greg Newsome types, Uh, could be, right, could be that the Steelers are going to wait until the second, maybe even third round to address the cornerback position. Same can be said for the offensive tackle position. Tevin Jenkins, Christian Derisa, right guys who are likely to be taken on the back half of the first round at the tackle, the Steelers, and Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert, did not attend their pro day. So if the Steelers are going to go tackle, it may be in round two or later. Same there for Elijah Vera Tucker. At center, I was surprised to see that while the Steelers did get a close look at Landon Dickerson, they did not get a close look at Creed Humphrey. Uh, Tomlin and Colbert not going to Oklahoma's Pro Day. Creed Humphrey, the other kind of top center in this draft, a very athletic player, maybe not as physical as Landon Dickerson, but has a good tool set at the center position. Uh, you know, I, I think Landon Dickerson could easily be the pick at 24, but it's interesting to me that he's really the only quality center in this draft that Tomlin and Colbert got a close look at. And the same could be said at linebacker. Right, We saw the Steelers get close looks at Micah Parsons, Owosu Koromoa at linebacker, Tomlin Colbert not attending Tulsa's Pro Day, where Zayvon Collins played. Now, Collins is an intriguing prospect because he's kind of a a cross between an edge rusher and a linebacker. And maybe the Steelers do view him more as an edge rusher. And in that case, as I said, I don't know that 24 is where the Steelers are going to go. Like, I don't think edge is, is the pick at 24. And that could explain why the Steelers did not look at Zayvon Collins. But again, going back to our list here, we have this first round big board. Look, I think the pick is going to be Najee Harris. The the intriguing part is if Najee Harris is not on the board, well then you start to go down this list and try to figure out where it could be. If I'm if I'm a betting man today, I say Najee Harris is not on the board. The Steelers go with anyone above him on the list. If they're still there, that's the pick. If not, I think if if Harris is not on the board and ne- neither is Owosu Kormoa, neither is Sertain, neither is Parsons, I think Landon Dickerson is is your guy. And beyond that, well, I think it's a corner. I do. I think I think one of those cornerbacks would be the selection at 24. But we shall see the draft just a couple weeks away. Stay tuned here on Steeler Country. We're going to start doing some prospect breakdowns as we go position by position. I'll tell you the prospects that I like and the prospects I'd like to see the Steelers take in this upcoming draft. Make sure you like the video, help us out, and also subscribe so you get every episode of Steeler Country.